Welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph Ganowski. After having multiple negative experiences with men, I started to believe all men were toxic. That is, until a few male strangers challenged my belief completely. This made me realize that a major problem with men in relationships stems from the fact that most men don't really love themselves or pay enough attention to their own strengths. I want to change that. Now I'm on a mission to help men thrive mentally, emotionally, physically, and sexually in their relationships with themselves and with women. So stay tuned and see how my passion can help you as a man. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Men podcast. Today's guest you are going to love because we talk about money. We talk about money. The things that no one wants to talk about are money and sex. I talk about sex. Chris talks about money. So let's dive into this. Uh, Chris Harder, um, I've known him, I've known of him for the past three years now. And I've been following on him on Instagram, and he's been one of those guys that's been super helpful to me. You know, whenever I reach out, he always makes a point to get back to me, and I just really always appreciated that. You know, he has a large following, very successful business, really successful guy, him and his wife, Lori Harder, and they're just they're just great people. You can just tell. And I always knew he was a great person. So it's really an honor to have him on this show and to have him say, yeah, like I'm excited to go on. That's Thanks for having me. It was just really just an awesome experience. So we did this interview and I just want you guys to really take in this message of money, how money affects your relationships, what it like, what you need to know or talk about money before maybe dating someone or while you're dating them and why women really find uh, men with money attractive. So before I give too much away, I'm getting excited. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, Let me go ahead with this introduction. Before I do, don't forget to please go to iTunes, rate and review this podcast, leave it five stars, leave it a quick review. And don't forget, if you do that, I will be more than happy to send you over the ideal woman questionnaire. And this is a questionnaire to help you get super clear on the type of woman you want to attract. Because if you're not focused on it, you won't get it. If you're not focused on her, this woman, you won't attract her. So let's make it easy for you. So leave that review on iTunes. Just a quick review. Screenshot it. Send it at Steph Ganowski on IG. That's S-T-E-P-H-G-A-N-O-W-S-K-I. And I will get that right to you. So yeah, let's dive into the episode. Enjoy, guys. Chris Harder is a wildly successful entrepreneur who helps people earn more than enough money to make this world a better place. Chris's podcast, For the Love of Money, will give you the permission, motivation, tips, and tools to unapologetically love and attract money and in return empower you to live generously in your earnings and your giving. He believes that when people make good money, they do great things. Chris Harder, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it so much. This is so exciting. Are you kidding me? Totally my pleasure. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about money. <laughs> Most people don't want to talk about money. Most people it's like taboo. So let's do it. I know. It's crazy. And, you know, even talking about like sex on here makes me feel weird, but it's like it has to be spoken of because it's a big part of relationships and the two biggest things that I think like really impact relationships are money and sex. And like you just said, they're just the most taboo and they need to be spoken of. Especially if you can make money while having sex. Like that's the goal <laughs> in the relationship. You know what's really funny about that? So this is real. So I speak in like huge arenas, huge stadiums. I just spoke last week in front of like 1500 people. Um, and when I speak about money, I always start by asking this. I'll say, okay, guys, I'm going to give you two words, sex 
and rich. And I want you to tell me which word you think is slimier. And so I'm like, if you think sex is the slimier of the two words, raise your hand. And like five people out of a couple thousand will raise their hand. If you think rich is the slimier of the two words, raise your hand. And everyone's hands shoot up. That is, it's not even 50-50. It's overwhelming. 99% of the people think getting rich or the word rich or talking about money is slimier than talking about sex. Wow. So what does that say about like their inner psychology to you? What does that tell you? You know, I, I feel like we've made really great advancements in the world so far. And obviously there's still a long way to go when it comes to speaking about sexuality and gender and everything else. Uh, there's a lot of great efforts out there to normalize it. There are hardly any efforts out there to normalize or talk about financial wealth. And to, as a matter of fact, you could say there is a class warfare, right? So if, if gender equality and sex and all those good things are going in a positive direction, you could actually say that the idea of becoming wealthy and this class warfare that's going on is actually going in the opposite direction. Never before have people hated on the rich so much. Never before have people been walking around saying things like, oh, I'm not doing it for the money or I don't want to be rich or I wouldn't want to be like one of those greedy assholes. It's it's an all-time epidemic right now. Wow. I mean, that's true. Like I, I see that and I hear it. And I know there's a lot of anger in men especially in the dating world, because they're like, all women want a guy with money, like, that's it. And I'm like, is it really about the money? Or is it about something that you're not doing that you're, you know, I like, we have to look at ourselves, we can't blame external things. But can you go into that a little bit? I would love to know, like, what you think about men. Oh, who- I totally can. And you know, it's not in my opinion, I ask my my single girlfriends, and for context, for the listeners, I've been married for 14 years, right? So I have to, like, do research to to find out what what it's like in the dating world right now. So I'll ask my single girlfriends, I'll say, hey, listen, it comes up on my show a lot. You know, people will ask the question, do women like guys with money more than guys without money? And there's two answers to this. There's two truths that I keep getting. Number one, they don't like a guy who's rich just because he's rich. It's not like they're out there just chasing down the money. Are there a few of them? Yes, but there's a few bad seeds in any situation, right? But the bulk majority, they're not waking up every day saying, ooh, I got to go find myself a rich guy. Here's what they're looking for. And here's the coincidence. The same traits it takes to become wealthy are the same traits that any human, men or women, are attracted to. What is it? Consistency, hard work, sacrifice, uh, big thinking, dreaming, being a visionary, um, being a good leader of human beings. Having, um, uh, like that swagger, uh, having confidence, all of the things that it takes to become wealthy are simply just personality traits that men or women are looking for in a partner. The wealth is actually just a side effect because when they have all those traits, then of course the money comes along as well. So that's answer number one. Answer number two is this. It really does date back. And there's a whole bunch of research on this to, women seeking security. So think caveman days. They wanted the biggest caveman that could hunt the best and provide food and shelter because, you know, that was a priority to live, to survive. Well, our two million year old brains haven't really changed. Our two million year old brains still desire safety over everything else. And so when somebody take two equal guys, let's say they were twins and they had twin personalities and twin everything. 
except one guy was worth, I don't know, this is $20 million. And the other guy was living paycheck to paycheck. The woman is very likely in that situation where they're identical other than the money going to lean towards the individual that is wealthier because it satisfies the needs in her 2 million year old brain of safety and security. Let's be honest. Why the hell would somebody want to struggle if you had the choice? Why would somebody want to worry if you don't have to? Why would somebody want to be up at night if you don't have to lay in bed at night worrying about it? Not to mention, not to mention money is the number one stress in relationships today. There's no greater stress. And so if money is the number one stress in relationships today, if you can find a partner where that doesn't exist, then it increases your chances of having a successful relationship. It just does. Now, is it the premise that you should base a relationship on? Absolutely not. But is it a perk? Yes, absolutely. It's a perk because it takes away that financial stress. I can tell you my wife and I, we've been married for 14 years. We've been rich. We've been poor and everything in between. I can tell you it is way easier to have a happy marriage while we're rich. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I believe that makes sense. Would you say that like, even though it's not like a number one priority to look for in a person, in a partner, would you say that it's up there? And like, how do you know, like what in the dating process, if let's say like someone has, like, would you say it's important to find out if someone has a positive money mindset, like early on in the dating process? Is that very important? Yeah, these are two radically different questions. I'm going to start with the first one. So the first one is, again, do women wake up every single day and say, ooh, I sure hope I find a rich guy today? No. I just think that when they meet a bar full of guys and they start to have that conversation and they find out that one has their crap together to the point where they are accelerating, accelerating or uh, excelling in all areas of life, including financially, that that's attractive, right? It goes back to those original traits. And it is a perk. At the end of the day, Somebody that can take you to Paris instead of taking you to Wisconsin is probably going to be a little bit more fun, but it's not the end all be all. Is it up there to answer your exact question? It depends on the personality and where they place their value, but I would say no. I would say, you know, it's probably things like love and honesty and, and passion and consistency and trustworthiness and uh, physical attraction and mental attraction. And are they interesting? And do they fill your gaps? I think all of those things come before, is he rich? So it's it's a little bit down there in the pecking order, but definitely would be a perk when choosing between two people. Your second question, though, is a really important one. And that is this. When dating, is it important to find out if somebody has their money mindset together, if they have their finances together? I don't, I've seen this so much. I've seen people where she has her finances together and he doesn't, and that worries her. Or he has his finances together and she doesn't, and he's worried that she's going to bring some of those traits into the relationship. I am here to tell you that you can't choose your partner based on if they have their money mindset straight right now, if they have their finances in order right now, because that's something that can be learned. You know, Lori and I were radically different people when we met 17 years ago, been married 14, been together 17. And we were just a couple of party kids that were big dreamers, um, had tremendous gaps and holes in our money mindset. Lori's finances were a wreck. I thought my finances were good, but I was living beyond my means. Um, I had my priorities mixed up. She didn't, she was one of the, she was on like that 
that team that was like, Ooh, I don't like rich guys because you know, they're usually kind of slimy. And so by no means did we establish this relationship on, Oh good. I'm looking for somebody with some money. But over time, when you both want to live a better life, when you want more security, when you don't want to worry about your finances, things like money mindset and good money habits, they can be learned. They can be learned at any time. So I would never throw the baby out with the bathwater just because he or she has their finances in a mess right now. Mm. Interesting. What's your opinion on this? You're you're a single woman out there dating, I'm assuming. <laughs> I know. I was just going to put my my own opinion on this. Um, I find that like because I've grew up with a horrible money mindset, now I'm I'm starting to get comfortable with money and have a more abundant mindset, but if I go on dates and the guy does not have a good money mindset, I like run away. Interesting. So you wouldn't be in it to help him learn along with you. I mean, that's what my coach tells me. <laughs> like we talked about this and, um, and I, I believe that it can be learned, but I'm also like, what if he doesn't choose to learn, you know, Ooh, because you know, there's the better discussion. There's the better question. I love that. Not, do you have your shit together right now? But if we go off into the sunset together, are you willing to do the work on this? Because this is important to me. And then actions speak louder than words. If they say yes, then say, cool. Would you ever want to go to this seminar with me while you're dating? Would you ever want to book, take this course together? Would you ever want to read this money book together while you're dating? And actions speak louder than words. Yeah. I love your perspective on this, by the way. I, this is one of my all-time favorite conversations to have because when I look at Lori's and my situation, because we were such radically different people when we met, I would be, you know, nobody knows what you lost because you, you can't go back and relive that. But I would be devastated if somehow I got to watch the movie of what we turned out to be and I hadn't said yes to her and she hadn't said yes to me just because we had differences in, in money mindset at the time. You know, we are, what we had in common was we had a love of fitness. We were both big dreamers. We knew we were destined for something bigger than what we were doing. And we had a ton of fun together. And it was those things that were the common ground. And then those things led to us saying, wait a minute, if we want something better, how do we get there? And we would literally, we read this one after we lost everything uh, about 11 years ago. Um, we read this one book called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind in bed together out loud. Like when I was tired, she'd read the chapter out loud when she was tired. I'd read the chapter out loud. Now, this is the least sexy thing you can possibly do. But guess what? That book made us up level at the same time. It corrected a lot of money mindset issues that we had at the same time. And so we were vested in growth together. Our actions were backing up our words and backing up our dreams. That's the person you're looking for. The one that says, sure, I'll read that book with you. Sure, I'll take that course with you. Sure, I'll go to that seminar with you. That's who you're looking for. Mm. So maybe if they don't want to talk about it from the start, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. That's someone who's not open to change right now. Hmm. That's a red flag. If they make fun of it, if they don't want to talk about it, if they're trying to hide something, that's a that's a character issue in the moment. You're looking for somebody who is open and willing to try things on for size. Lori and I have this, this agreement. No matter how stupid the idea is, no matter how weird the idea is, when one person brings the idea to the other, we're willing to try it on for size, even if it scares the crap out of us. And here's the beautiful thing about that. Yeah, here's what's great is 
when you're willing to try it on for size, it at least shows your partner that you respect them bringing you ideas instead of you just saying, oh, that's stupid. I would never do that. I'll get that dumb idea out of here. That is what causes problems in relationships. So even if you know 99%, I don't think this is a good idea. Try it on for size because just you being willing to try it on for size, even if it's not a fit, take it off later, is what makes your partner love you and respect you and say, wow, they actually care about me when I bring ideas. And then guess what? Eventually, they bring you a winning idea instead of becoming afraid, like the dog that you kick all the time, afraid to bring you any more ideas. And this is ideas about life, ideas in the bedroom, ideas about money, ideas about businesses, ideas about anything. Try the damn thing on for size. What does it hurt? Mm. So just that's, that's, that's a great way to establish trust. A lot of my guys always ask, how can I like establish trust with women in a, in a relationship? And that's a beautiful way to do that. I never thought about there's that. So much, there's so much security in knowing that your person is at least willing to take your idea seriously and not make fun of it. Yeah. There's so much like that comes great foundational stuff that comes along with that. Yeah. Especially when you have big dreams and you're like, cause people are going to laugh at you all the time. And if your partner can't, you know, <laughs> your partner has to be that person that stands by you. They've got to be the one that's going to kick you back in the game when you're feeling like you want to quit. They got, they got to be the ones that are going to pick you up when you're, you're down a little bit. When I have a really bad day, when everything goes wrong, it's Lori that will Taught, you know, say, Hey, this is not the Chris I know. Like the Chris I know would do this. He would do that. And she kicks me back in the game and vice versa. That's the person you're looking for. Hmm. So when you say, when you say positive money mindset, like what does that mean exactly? You know, it's a, uh, it's a growth mindset. It's a mindset of there's enough abundance to go around for everybody. I just have to, to find mine. Um, it's a creation mindset. You know, everyone thinks money is distributed. Like I got my share or somebody else has my share. That's crap. Money is created. Wealth is created. I can prove it. Like if you buy a share of Apple stock today for $200 and a couple months go by and they come out with a new iPhone, and everyone's excited about it and demand goes up. So everyone starts betting on Apple and that goes from $200 to $300. You just created a hundred dollars of new wealth in thin air without having to take it from anyone, screw anyone, you know, hurt anybody for it. No one else is missing that $100. It was created out of thin air. It's the same way that the housing market works. You know, you buy a house and you buy it for a half a million bucks and a few years go by, somebody comes along like an appraiser and says, hey, good news, your home's worth 600 grand. You just created $100,000 out of thin air without having to take it from anybody. And so having a positive money mindset is knowing that you are 100% responsible for your current situation and the future that you get to create. And that wealth is created and you just have to figure out how to create it. And you're not taking it. No one else is, is, um, you know, being harmed. If, if you have a hundred dollars, someone else is not missing a hundred dollars. And it's really that mindset of, you know, uh, participating in the same system that's going to pay you back tenfold. Here's where people go wrong. They're afraid to invest. Well, you don't put that money out in the system. How the heck are you going to get it back? They're afraid to take a risk. You don't put that money out, it's not coming back to you. They're even angry to pay their bills. Well, how are you going to feel when you have a product and you bill somebody else for it and they don't want to pay you? You have to participate in the same cycle that comes back around to pay you back tenfold. Otherwise, you're not going to you know, lead an abundant life whatsoever. Yeah. 
that's like the exact definition of the abundance mindset. And that's why like men with an abundance mindset do find wealth to come that much easier to them. While men who live in a scarcity mindset find themselves poor and broke all the time. And it's like, you wonder why it's like, we have to like, how do we instill more of that abundance mindset into people? Well, we got to spread the word and, and these people have to choose to do the work, right? And if you are inclined to do the work, then you must go create an abundant lifestyle to inspire the person next to you. Your kids are watching, your friends are watching, your neighbors are watching, your coworkers are watching. If you don't go demonstrate how to do it, then who's going to inspire them? Then who's going to lead the way? Then who's going to like light up that path? Nobody is. And you're all going to sit there and continue to struggle together. In fact, the worst thing you can do is sit around in your same circle of friends, complaining and pissing and moaning, and not bring somebody new into that circle that is already doing way better than you guys. Now, that can be intimidating. That can be scary reaching out to people that are doing better than you. But if you're not inviting in new, higher performing influences in your current circle, you're just going to all keep each other down. There's no new ideas. There's no new inspiration. There's no new pace being set. There's no new levels being aimed for because you all sit around and you continue to condone each other's mediocrity. Oh, that's okay. I'm getting by paycheck to paycheck too. That's what us do. That's what us guys do, right? Or, oh, that's all right. My job sucks too. Let's go have a beer. Come on. Let's bring some higher level performers in to shake things up, to inspire you. And then when you go, you inspire the rest of your friends or your family or the person next to you. If you're a parent right now, it is your job. It is your job to succeed because you are creating the future of your family tree. This is your chance to change your family tree forever and have your kids grow up saying, I know that I create wealth because mom and dad did it and I got to watch. Mm. Not mom and dad coming home and saying, that greedy boss screwing us again, gave me a small raise so they can make more, laid me off so they can get rich. What do you think you're doing to your kids when they hear that stuff? You know? Yeah. It's that victim mentality. It really is. And I understand. Listen, I'm not judging. I know what it's like to be broke. I know what it's like to be totally down and out. I know what it's like to be fighting an uphill battle and see no possible scenario whatsoever. But number one, there's always a way. Number two, it's your job to find it. No one's going to come swooping down and give it to you. And number three, it's your job to start putting together tiny little baby win after tiny little baby win. And those things start to snowball in your favor. Everything is either snowballing out of control and harming you, or it's snowballing in your favor. You get to choose which kind of snowball you want to start rolling down the hill. Mm, I love that. Chris, how did you get back on track? Cause, cause I know your story, like when you were seriously broke, you guys lost everything out of nowhere. And like, how did that, how did you not feel emasculated, like seeking help? Like, what did you That's have to do? Great about? question. So I wore my masculinity on being a good provider on how many people I managed because I, uh, I was in banking at the time on what my title was, on what my cars were, on all that stuff. That was my masculinity, right? Yeah. And so it stripped me of all of those very false ideals of how I was showing up in the world. Those, those are shallow, breakable bullshit ideals. Uh, it's, it's, it's the old way of showing up quote masculine. And so because we got to start from ground zero, well, below zero, because we were stripped of everything and got to choose again, because that's really what happens. If you guys are listening right now and you're in a tough spot, this is your chance to choose again. It's actually a good thing. I know it feels like crap, but it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if, if you're in this position right now, 
when you choose again, this time, choose how you want to show up in the world in a way of service. Choose how you want to show up in the world in a way of possibility. And when I say possibility, I mean unlimited possibilities. Instead of taking that job, start that business. Instead of doing what you know, learn something new. And that's what we did. I literally started um, two things made the biggest difference. Number one, um, I started, this is where I left the banking world and got into entrepreneurship. And with entrepreneurship, the sky's the limit. And not everyone's cut out to be an entrepreneur, but most people have it inside of them if they dig hard enough. Number two, this is where I found self-development. Like Lori and I went to this self-development uh, weekend together and it changed everything for us. Then we started going to things like Tony Robbins and we started reading the books together. Do the work, participate in self-development because when you change the way you think and view the world, then everything else starts to unfold in your favor, including your finances. People want to be around that guy or that girl. They want to be around the person who's dreaming big, who's making an effort, who's learning new things, who's interesting, who's chasing things up. They don't want to be around the person who complains, who is flat, who feels down and out. People are attracted to being around the people going somewhere. And if you know where you're going and you can look somebody in the eye and say, hey, I know where I'm going. I'm willing to take you with if you want to come. That's who you need to become in that type of situation. Now, is it easy? No. Is it doable? Hell yes. Are there thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of examples of people who are completely down and out and now live a life of complete and utter happiness and abundance? Heck yeah. Just Google it. From Oprah to everybody else, trust me, there's people in a way worse situation than you right now that just decided to think differently and seek different propaganda this time. I call it positive propaganda, right? So negative propaganda is the news, your neighbors, your coworkers, anybody who's down and out telling you it's not possible. That's negative propaganda. Even social media, so much negative propaganda. Positive propaganda is where you're intentionally seeking things that reinforce how you want to believe that reinforce where you want to go. It's podcasts like this one that light you up, that give you new ideas. It's books, it's mentors, it's events, business events, self-development events. Seek out that positive propaganda because that's the fastest way for you to kind of make that comeback. Love it. Thanks so much, Chris. That was awesome. All right. I want to, I want to do like a speed round if you're cool with it. Cause I had a few guys who asked questions through my DMS cause I prepped them for this interview. Yes, of course. Cool. All right. So just quick of an answer as possible. I'm just going to ask you uh, five questions. All right. Um, one of the guys says, how do we know on our first date or meetup that the girl is attracted to me and not just my money? Ooh, really good question. Um, time will tell. Time will tell. I don't think you could tell right away. I think you spend as much time with her until either you are not interested in her or you start to figure out that that is the case. But don't make that assumption right away. Let her actions speak louder than her words. Hmm. How many dates would you give it? Or it just, it depends. Yeah, man, that's been so long ago for me. But I can tell you this, with friendships, because now everybody wants to be my friend because of my like yeah. social media following and money and all that stuff. Actions speak louder than words. Do they come into my life and add something to it? Or do they come into my life and ask for something? And that's how I judge people now. Mm. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Um, how do we apply law of attraction for the betterment of, li of life, money, and relationships? I have a tattoo on my arm that says, live as though the universe conspires in your favor. Now, whether you want to get woo-woo or whether you just want to be real, I don't care what team you're on. Let's go woo-woo. Woo-woo is, your, you know, like attracts like. Your frequency attracts the other frequency. And so you're going to use law of attraction in order to help attract 
Don't forget about the law of action, by the way. You got to take action as much, if not more than, than attraction, but to help attract the same frequency that you are seeking. So you have to purposely set your frequency at successful, at abundant, at resourceful, at all the good things. Now, forget woo. Let's just be like real for a minute. If you don't believe in that, if you believe that everything that happens happens in your favor, if you choose to see the world through those lenses, then you're going to interpret each thing because nothing has any meaning other than the meaning we add to it. You're going to interpret each thing as helping you in your favor. Let's say uh, your car breaks down. Most people get all pissed off. Oh, great. This is the last thing I needed. I'm not going to be able to afford this. What if you viewed it as your car probably just saved you from an accident and maybe you're about to meet like the greatest date of your life as they come walking by because you're stalled on the side of the road. You have to choose to seek the positive in everything. Mm, all perspective. I love that. When is it acceptable to claim the money you earn as yours and their money as theirs? Boy, I would need clarification because if you're talking about in a couple, um, I don't believe in having separate accounts. I don't believe in having separate money. I think that if you're married, you marry the money as well. And then you set really strong boundaries around how you guys treat money. Matter of fact, Lori and I still have monthly money dates where we go out and I say, okay, here's our net worth. Here's our income last month. Here's our expenses. Here's any anomalies. Here's our goals. And we don't try and solve anything on those money dates, but both parties must be updated on how you are doing. And then, you know, you also have to set, uh, if you're living on a budget, great. If you're not, at least set a number where each of you get to spend out of the account without even telling the other person. No permission, no explanation, no judgment, anything. If you want to spend, you know, let's say your number is $1,000 a week. If your number is $1,000 a week that you're allowed to spend without any explanation, you want to spend it on gummy bears, great. Spend $1,000 on gummy bears. No shame. Just be clear. Yep. Wow, that's awesome. Um, do successful women also want a wealthy guy? What are the most important things she looks for in a guy? Ooh, they want a driven guy. They want a big thinker. They want a supportive guy. So he doesn't have to be equally wealthy, but he does have to understand her certain unique needs if she's really driven and going big places and being willing to uh, support those unique needs. Uh, she wants a guy who has a healthy amount of ego, but doesn't put let his ego get in the way. Let me tell you something. So there's been times I've been the primary breadwinner. There's been times Lori's been the primary breadwinner. I have a very, very, very wealthy wife, like on her own without me. She would be very, very, very wealthy. And I love that. From a guy's standpoint, it's sexy to watch them thrive and chase things down and drag it back to the cave. And you should want to support that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do last one. Do female daters in their 30s, 40s expect all meals to be paid for? When should she pay? I like this question. So I'm old school. I'm 41. I'm still very much chivalrous. My wife is so independent that she had to get used to and like practice letting me open the door for her, especially for cars. She's like, I can do that. I got that. <laughs> yeah, dead serious. And so um, I, as a, a, a guy, would still always try to pay. I would always, you know, um, open doors. I would always do all of those things. And if they say, no, let me get this one, then honor that. And let them do it. Or you might uh, reject one, say, no, 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 I'd really like to get this for you. But if they say, no, 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 it's important to me, then honor the fact that that's important to them. Hmm. Okay. So don't always take it because I know a lot of guys are like, is she, is she doing a test right now? Like, is this a, no, is you know, what? People, people live life thinking everything's a test. You got to stop being so cynical. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, literally just try to pay the bill. And if she says, no, 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 here, let's split it. You could take one more shot and say, no, no, no. Like I would really like to get this for you. It'd mean a lot to me. If she says, thank you, get the bill. If she says, no, 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 I'd like to split it. Then stop the argument. Stop making it awkward and just honor it. Yeah. Okay. And if she never offers ever, but he wants her to, is that like a discussion to bring up? Or is that just like a thing to say, like, this isn't going to work? I'm all about having the tough discussion. Put it on the table and ask, say, hey, just curious. Yes. I noticed you never try to grab any bills or anything. And, you know, I got no problem paying, but I was just wondering what your thoughts are behind that. There's a Mm -hmm. quote that says the amount of success that you'll have in life will be in direct parallel with the number of tough conversations you're willing to have. And and I choose to have them all the time. I love that. Awesome. Thanks so much, Chris. This is great. Oh, time flew. Damn it. (laughs) I can't believe how quickly this went by. I love your your show. (laughs) What? I said, I loved your questions and I love your show. Like, keep it up. Oh, thanks so much, Chris. I appreciate it, especially coming from you. Like I've been, and I'll tell them like, you know, an intro, I'll mention that I, I'm going to say this, but, um, but yeah, I've been following you for so long and I think it's been like three or four years now. And it's just like, it's been really great to like finally hear from you and have you on my show. And, and I, I love your podcast and I love your perspective. And I just really appreciate what you're doing for people, especially when it comes to this taboo topic, you know, we're talking about it's, I think you're a great example of it. And you're also a great example of showing that it's okay to be rich and be proud of that. You know, like you don't, you don't mind putting out there like your trips and your, the things that you're buying. And cause you, cause you're also working hard and you show that as well. And I think it's just a beautiful representation of like, you know, people with a lot of money do great things. <laughs> and that's, you know, what you always say. So I just appreciate that about you. Oh, dang true. Like, when I look at everyone I know who's wealthy, 99 out of 100 of them are the most generous people on the planet. When good people make you know good money, they do great things. All right. Chris, where can the guys find you? Um, Instagram is the only place I'm hanging out these days. Uh, Chris W. Harder. Or you can check out my show at fortheloveofmoney.com. It's so good, guys. Check it out. You'll learn so much. There's so much more of this. All right, Chris. I just want to thank you again. and. Hopefully you'll be on the show again because this is amazing and I love this topic. <laughs> but count me, count me in. We're we're both talking about taboo and, and uncomfortable topics, so count me in. Yeah, difficult conversations. What it's about. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Woo! That was the episode, guys. I hope you really enjoyed that. I know I did. What a great conversation. I know this is a topic you guys were we're really wanting to dive into deeper, and I'm so glad I had Chris to, to do that with. So there you go. Really take this in. Listen to this episode again because there are so many golden nuggets that will change your way of thinking. And don't forget, when you change your idea of thinking around wealth, it changes your idea of abundance in general. And if you have a wide range of abundance in your life, and you always know that there's enough, then guess what? When you go to attract women, you're going to have the same belief. It ties hand in hand. I promise you. 
So always keep that in mind. If you have an abundant mindset with money and with health and with happiness, the same thing you will have with women. And when you have an abundant mindset with women, you can date a lot of women. You become attractive to most women. You have fun dating women. You go out there and explore different types of women and you love it and it's great and it's fun and it's exciting. So let's get you guys into that abundance mindset. Just listen to this podcast, like I said, again, and just understand how you can get there and the mentality you need to take it to that level. Like I said, I hope you enjoyed this, guys. Have an awesome day or night wherever you are in the world, and I'll talk to you soon.